Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Inside Out. I hope everyone has had an awesome week. Mine has been eventful to say the least, but I'm happy to be here and happy to share my next guest. So today's guest is the incredibly talented, kind, beautiful woman, Courtney McCarty. I have been a big fan of Courtney for a really long time, so it was an absolute honour and privilege to share this chat with her. Courtney is a mummer of two fitness lover, businesswoman, coach, spiritual seeker, and your happiness cheerleader. Courtney draws on her past skills as a women's triathlon coach, along with her personal experiences of motherhood, to encourage, motivate, and inspire women to take positive steps to rediscover and redefine themselves. In today's episode, Courtney shares her journey through motherhood and how her identity shifted when she became a mum. She talks about the challenges transitioning from one to two babies. Courtney and I also talk about balancing motherhood and business. We delve into Courtney's healing journey too and how motherhood has pushed her to go inward and live her life consciously with intention. Enjoy this episode. Please make sure that you share to your Instagram stories to ensure that these experiences and stories through motherhood are heard by more women who need to hear these conversations. I hope that you enjoy this very special episode. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I have admired you on social media. I honestly, I was telling my husband earlier, I reckon it was before Bub. Like, I think it was back in CrossFit sort of day. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I've followed along for a really long time. So it's cool to connect with you finally in person. Yeah, that's the coolest thing I think about um, social media and Instagram in particular is I've got people that I have chatted with online, never met them, like seen them in photos, but I'm like, I've got these friends all over the place. So, you know, we know so much about each other. It's really cool. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? So for those that don't follow along your journey, I'm sure a lot of listeners already do, but for the ones that don't, can you share a little bit about you and your family? Yes, so um, I'm based on the Gold Coast with my husband. Um, We've been together for 20 years, so high school sweethearts, yeah, which is a little bit crazy. Um, We've got two little ones, um, a just-turned-two-year-old baby Elle and Max, who turned four in December. So, yeah, busy, have been in the trenches, it feels like, for a good couple of years since the second one came along especially, but loving life on the Goldie and yeah just feeling so grateful at the moment too to live where we live with everything going on in the world and in other parts of the country so yeah just living our best life. That's awesome and I know that you're an avid lover of you know health fitness well-being the whole I guess from a holistic perspective as well it's not just one thing that you do that really identifies you with um with well-being so can you talk a little about a little bit about your journey there and how that sort of started what first came up for you in terms of of health? Yeah, well, I I mean, I've always been into health and fitness, but I think it was, I need to, gosh, I need to do the maths. The years are getting away from me. I think maybe it would be seven years ago, 
yeah, seven years ago, it was just after I got married, um, I started a all-women's triathlon club on the Gold Coast. So my previous experience was sales marketing, um, mainly in fashion, and then I drifted into sports nutrition. And then from there, I was like, oh, I really would like to make this a bit of a career for myself. So did the, did the triathlon coaching stuff, started an all-girls triathlon club, which at the time seemed, seemed a bit mad. But um, my bestie, as you know, Rev, she had her all-girls CrossFit gym and I was a part of that community and we started doing triathlon stuff. And I'm like, because it's something that I'd done um, all throughout my kind of late teens and early 20s. And that's when I was like, oh, you know what, I'm going to turn this into something. So I think that's where it started um, and just wanting to empower and motivate, you know, other women to believe in themselves, to believe that they could be the best they could be, whether it be, you know, at work, at home, in triathlon, um, just really kind of living that um, day in, day out. And then, you know, becoming a mum, it kind of got turned on its head a bit. <laughs> As you know, you're like, holy shit, I had this. You know, this whole idea and this concept of who I was, I'm, you know, I'm the triathlete, I wear pink lycra and I can ride for five hours and then all of a sudden I'm like crippled by my thought, like, Jesus, you know, how did I get here? Um, I'm in the car is a freaking nightmare, like it's a 20-minute job, just that. You know? Yes, I still remember sitting at my window, like, you know, staring at to the distance at my car, looking at Max going, how do I get the baby and all the stuff in the car like it was... Um, yeah, just like hop, skip and a jump into the whole motherhood thing. It really, yeah, it really did take me by surprise how difficult it was. I suppose I had rose-coloured glasses on thinking that I could still juggle, you know, my life as it was before and then motherhood would kind of, you know, they'd, they'd blur the lines together and everything would be happy days, but it definitely wasn't, wasn't the case. Yeah, and I think we all as women have this expectation on motherhood and what when we have that identity shift, I know my biggest belief before having my son Jesse who's now two he's a little bit older than Elle I think and um, he I just thought oh he'll fit in with my life not the other way around like you know it's just a baby they they cry whatever but I was yeah turned on my head with that one it was absolutely rubbish Um, huge adjustment huge adjustment and just digressing backwards a little bit in in the CrossFit sort of and doing the triathlons and things, did you find that you really struggled with balance in that time with, you know, having time for self-care, hubby, work, and then doing the sports that you love as well? Were you struggling in that time as well or? No, I had it, I, I had it pretty, I had it down pretty pat. I mean, I've always been a bit of a lone ranger and enjoyed my time alone. So I feel like I always made gaps for self-care, but back then I didn't even know that I was doing it. My husband has always worked long hours. So when he was away, I was really happy. Like asking my mates, they'd be like, oh, Court's happy to just be by herself. You know, I'll go out, cycle and hang out with my tri-babes for half, you know, six hours or something. And then I'd happily be on my own pottering in the garden, reading, cooking, doing all those things that I do now. And I think in hindsight, that's why, you know, going into motherhood was difficult because I'm like far out. I never thought that I had someone with me the whole time, you know, and time alone was how I would, yeah, recuperate and fill my cup back up so I could give my all to my members. And then when I had someone at home with me 24-7, I'm like, oh, and it's not like they could even go and do their own thing, you know. I was actually 100% responsible for doing everything for them. It really kind of, yeah, took me by surprise, I suppose. Ignorance, right? I was like, I didn't know what I was in for. Honestly, I didn't even think at 30 I'd have kids. Like, it was on the radar, but. I think I just got to that point too. I was like, oh, you know, it's probably time and 
you know, hadn't really thought it through, you know, as to what motherhood meant, but, you know, obviously love but it now. Sort of like maternal instinct growing up or anything like that? There was nothing there for you? Nah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many women feel the same and I think it's really important to share that because, you know, there's a lot of, I have a lot of friends that aren't interested and they feel shame surrounding that and they shouldn't yeah. be feeling that shame. It's like, okay, well, I, I don't care if you don't have kids. It doesn't affect my yeah. life. Um and I think that it's a conversation that definitely needs to be had. Like I've always had quite a maternal instinct. My mum's that way. And I think that's why I am that way. Yeah. But I have a lot of girlfriends that just like, oh, get that baby. Yeah. I'll come yeah. and visit you, but make sure your kid is asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's funny, I'm just, I've just finished reading um, The Empath's Guide um, to Survival. And mm-hmm. in there it talks about parenting and, you know, empaths going on the parenting journey and really like you've got to really think about it you know, is this, are you cut out for this? And it's funny because prior to that, I didn't really, I don't think, realise that I was an empath. It was just like, oh, well, everyone's doing it. We want, we do want a baby. But I think, you know, sometimes had I really, really thought about it, maybe there might have been a part of me that was like, you know what, it's not for me. I don't know. But I'm obviously glad I've got kids now. I absolutely love them. It's freaking hard, yucca, harder than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest thing. I wish someone had kind of just said, it's really hard. I probably wouldn't believe them anyway, honey. I feel like that's the thing. You have a friend about to have a baby and you kind of, you, you glaze over it. You're like, I'm not going to really tell them everything because they wouldn't believe you. They've got to, you've got to experience it yourself and for everyone it's so different as well. Yeah, I went for coffee with a girlfriend a little um, while ago, maybe three weeks ago, and she's 38, 39 weeks and she was like, oh, I said, what's the one thing that everyone keeps telling you and you're sick of hearing? She goes, oh, to just enjoy the last few weeks alone. I'm sick of it. I don't want to be alone. And I was like, babe. You are never going to be alone again. So I want you to go think of all the things that you're doing and go and enjoy them. Like sit in that room because yeah. you just you really truly are never alone ever again. Yes. Like yeah. to record this podcast, it's been like a juggling act between getting babies <laughs> and getting kids here and there and everywhere. You know what I mean? Like yeah. mental and you I think it's really, really underestimated. And the other thing I think is sleep, sleep yes. deprivation, and it's not the newborn bubble of sleep for me I didn't have a, a rough experience with um with sleep then it's now it's the toddler sleep that I'm dying with so taking us back to you know just digressing backwards a little bit when you first had Max it's all new what what was happening around then what was you were you experiencing as a new mum um it's funny because when I compare my two experiences Max's um you know coming into the world and me transitioning to motherhood was a lot softer than second time round I'm forever grateful that I was blessed with Max first and Elle second because I think if I had her first I don't know I don't think I would have gone second to be honest but he was you know a beautiful you know just chilled baby he was honestly for the first three months he was just on my chest like it I'm just so grateful to have had that experience with him because once you have your second obviously you're juggling and you just don't have that time to be with your baby like you do first time around um but I think it was just that loss of yeah not being able to do what I want when I wanted the the energy I needed to do what I wanted to do with my business and the triathlon club wasn't there, the drive wasn't there and the motivation wasn't there. I'd switch from that being my all and me being like, yeah, I'm going to get back into it eight, eight, straight away, which I did. I was like six months up, six weeks later, I was back coaching and I, I just had this really strong pull to not want to be there anymore. And that took me by surprise. I really just wanted to be mum and I was like, oh, I've worked so hard for this and I love this before and this is my everything. And then I'm looking at this baby and I'm like, I just want to be here so I was really 
like torn between those two things and it took me 12 months to make a decision on it and that's when I um you know put a stop on the club and I sold it not long after but yeah I just I think the not being maternal and then going into full mum mode like I was like I'm gonna be a stay-at-home mum forever like I just yeah I I really loved it loved especially as he got older and could play and do all the craft and I do froth on that and it took me by surprise. I'm like, oh, God, I'm one of those mums, but I love this. You know, and I think that's my little creative, being able to share that with him, like, you know, the gardening and him walking around the garden with me and all that kind of thing. It was really special. Um, obviously, sleep, any sleep regressions were absolute killer. But in terms of teething and all that, he was he was pretty good. Like, obviously, there's that loss of identity, but I think it almost came... I was hit harder with it when I was pregnant the second time. You know, I was still kind of adjusting to my role as mum and then being pregnant and feeling really, um, I kept using the word useless, which is such a bad word, but I was. It just like my first pregnancy was great. Second pregnancy broke me. And I think that was like the beginning of like really peeling back the layers. It was like had Max, a few little cracks started to show, but it was nothing like the pregnancy and then having the second, which really like broke me open altogether. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that because I, how what's the age difference between your two? Two and two months. Yes, yep, so we're 18 months and I was pregnant with um, Lola when Jesse was going through all these developmental phases, I suppose, and regressions and things and we were sleep deprived and, yeah, you know, I... <laughs> I thought I had postnatal depression and I remember just thinking this this can't be it like this can't yeah. be motherhood I hate it here I don't yeah. I don't want it anymore can I send them yeah. back yes yes <laughs> and, I son, and I wanted I felt the same pull I want didn't want to work I wanted to be with him I wanted to be yeah. this mum this stay-at-home mum and but it, that balance and that yeah. that time for myself then was just completely removed because you know as I've said to my husband you get to go in the car by yourself, mate. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your drive to work by yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, we've got, we've got all that. My husband was traveling too for work. You, you know, to have an hour plus in the car there and back. And right. he's like, oh, I just need some time alone. And I'd just get the, the devil horns would come out and be like, you know, the two hours a day you're in the car, that's your time. That's your time. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so we had a lot of that stuff going on. Yeah, forget just, you know, what's going on internally and with all your relationships and your husband or your partner or whoever, it's it's a huge juggling act. And, yeah, there was a lot of guilt um, throughout those couple of years, a lot of resentment, a lot of anger, um, so many big emotions. And, yeah, for me, for a long time, it was like Groundhog Day throughout the pregnancy and then that, you know, newborn phase when Elle came along, that adjusting period, there was a lot of like what have I done? Like, how the fuck did I get here? Everyone said second time, you know, they just sleep and it wasn't the case. It was, yeah, it was massive hurt locker. I'm grateful for the experience now. I'm like, I've built so much strength and resilience through the experience of being pregnant second time, that adjustment period. But knowing everyone goes through it, when you're in it, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like there's something wrong with you. You feel like you should be more grateful. You should be enjoying it more and, there are times like days, weeks, months even where you're like, this isn't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I will do it because I love them and, you know, this is this is life right now. You know rationally it's not forever, but sometimes you just like feel like you just, yeah, Groundhog Day. It's really yeah, tough. I definitely feel the vicious cycle of repetitive, like the days just on repeat the same. Yes, every, yeah. 
that you wear them out in the morning, you get them down for their sleep, they're going to go to sleep at the same time. Yeah. Yes, oh, what okay. have I got? And then it's like, you know, and then at the night time, putting them down at night time, like hubby and I just get to 8.30 and you're like, okay, hey, how was your day? Tried to function, so then I yes. want to go to bed, and he's like, what do you mean? "This is our time." I'm like, "I'm tired, man." Yeah, yeah. I'm at eight and forty-five p.m. It's like get ready for bed. I'm out by eight thirty, and you know, you're talking about sleep. But the last night was our first night through for I reckon a good month. So we've gone through good periods, but then yeah, you'll have like a couple of months where one of them wakes up every night, or both of them, or Max comes in every night, and it's yeah. Anyway, sleep, right? Just <laughs> It is what it is now. I think I've got more acceptance around and you just have to surrender to what is because you know that a break will come. But in the early days, in the trenches, it's really tough because, yeah, to rationalise anything when you're sleep deprived is really tough. A hundred percent. And I know when Elle first came to the world, she um, ruffled some feathers. Can you share a little bit about your experience, <laughs> you know, going transition from one to two, the, the experience that you had postpartum? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah, coming to the end of being pregnant with her, I think you would have seen when I was 36 weeks, Max broke his leg. That was a highlight of that pregnancy, <laughs> having the last four weeks at home. But I, my birth experience with her was actually amazing. Like compared to Max's, I had this beautiful birth, a birth that I felt like I needed to heal from the first one. So that was great. But her actually coming into the world, she um, had the cord around her neck and um, inhaled or ingested meconium um, so my husband we, we joke we're like oh she was full of shit from the moment she was born <laughs> <This joke. laughs> but even when she went into NICU because she was in NICU for three days they're like she's so fiery and they all these descriptive words they were using of her I was like that is her now it's like she she came out of the womb and she just wanted to like assert herself but um being in NICU and then coming home, I think it was by the second week, she just, she cried from 6am till 6pm, like screamed. Like even now her cry is a shrill scream. I don't know if it's a girl thing, but um, she just cried all day. Thankfully she slept pretty well. That was our saving grace. I think if she hadn't slept, I would have been, had to have been moved on to a asylum or something like that. <laughs> get through. But at least I had that break. I'd be in bed at seven going, okay, prep yourself. Um, so it was it was really hard. Like most days I would spend in tears. I had days where I'd be looking at Max thinking, okay, I've got to get into daycare and I would just tap out. I'm like, I can't even get both of them in the car. Like, and it was, I, I had a few moments where I'd say to my husband, like, I need to go see someone. I need to go see someone. And then I'd have like a breakthrough. Like, it's like, I kept getting new levels of strength and resilience to deal with it. And I think I had hope that it would be over soon. Like she would settle um so that was interesting um I called on family at the start we don't have a super close family or lots of family that live by which is why we rely on um, daycare a bit but I had family that could come at like 5 p.m I'd be like please just be here at five so you can hold her so I can you know make max dinner because otherwise it was just couldn't do anything I'd, I'd she'd be strapped to me all day and we spent a lot of time just at home watching TV, which, you know, again, you have that cycle of guilt. We should be outside. We should be doing this. That mum's out and she's got three kids and she's got a newborn. It's that comparison, um, feeling all the guilt, feeling bad that we're sitting at home. But I think, um, yeah, looking back, I wish I'd been kinder to myself. I wish I'd, you know, maybe seen a psychologist throughout my pregnancy with her to deal with some, you know, bits and pieces. But, you know, 
seeing the full picture now, it's all unraveled and happened at the best time anyway. I think it was more I had to learn the lessons throughout that time um, to come out the other side stronger and, yeah, a better person for it. But it was, it was challenging, to say the least. This episode is brought to you by Fast Fuel. Fast Fuel are your premium pre-packaged meal company supplying you with fresh, never frozen, wholesome, nutrient-dense, ready-made meals. Fast Fuel meals are free from chemicals and added sugar. They're low in sodium and high in nutritional value. Designed by a dietitian and prepared by experienced and reputable chefs, Fast Fuel are your go-to company on the East Coast for quality pre-made meals. As a busy mama of four with two businesses and a podcast as my side hustle, it is safe to say I do not have the time to prepare clean, healthy meals for the week, but I know to be the best version of me, I need to fuel my body with the best. From as little as $8.95 per meal, it's safe to say choosing Fast Fuel is a no-brainer for me. Fast Fuel would love to offer Inside Out listeners 30% off your order. Simply type CHRIS30 on checkout. These meals are a serious game changer and I know that you're going to love them. Head on over to www.fastfuel.com com.au and get in your order. Now let's get back to today's episode. Yeah, and I love that you were really open about that, especially on social media, because I I remember when I first like had Jesse and similar sort of thing. If we're inside watching telly half the day, I'd carry all this guilt and shame around it. But then I'd go online and I'd see women like yourself and on social media, on Instagram, and just going. It's all right if you're in front of the telly all day, baby. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about it. Don't, don't take it to yeah. heart. And then I go, oh, okay, I can take that yeah. off my shoulders because I had this thing where when hubby came home from work, I'd ha- I felt like I had to show him this to-do list. So I'd have this yeah. list of all these tasks that I'd done and I felt like I had to hold it up as a badge of honour, like I'm a stay-at-home mum, but I'd done everything here today. Yes. Yeah? <laughs> and my child is fed and he's happy and dinner's ready and everyone's good and I've done all this and, yeah, you've been at work all day, but I've done this. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, because I went from I was in a sales office as well in the past, and I went from that boss mode, I suppose, you know, sitting in that masculine energy a lot of the time, and then I went to full feminine and maternal, and I'm just home all day with this little person attached to me, and it's it's huge, and it's not. It's I think it's really important that we are honest and open as mums, especially on social media, and continue to share the message of it's okay kid has an iPad it's okay if they're in front of the TV some days we're out at the park for the whole day and I wear them out and we have an awesome time but then other days I feel like shit and I'm in front of the telly that's okay yeah yeah oh yeah and that's why I was trying to always be as transparent as possible because I knew by sharing it people would reach out and connect with me and that would yeah make me feel less alone so I knew it was doing the you know, on the other side, I'm like, I want to normalize this. I want to normalize the feelings of this not always being fun or being enjoyable. It's not rainbows. It's fucking hard 90% of the time at the moment. Obviously, the percentages shift, but yeah, I think um, that just allowed other women to just connect and feel less alone. So that's kind of always been my message on Instagram anyway, even from when I was sharing, you know, more sports stuff, triathlon, it's more sharing the ups and the downs of whatever I'm kind of. Um, yeah, I'm really happy to always, you know, share the in, the good, the bad and everything else. I think the vulnerability side and wearing your heart on the sleeve is, yeah, it's just a really great way to connect with others. 
and motherhood especially motherhood oh man it can be so isolating but you know with technology with not wanting to leave the house I think that was definitely um a big part of not so much with Max but definitely when transitioning to two I felt so isolated and even if people reached out to me I'd be like nah I, it was almost like I was happy to show some vulnerability online, but I knew face-to-face I would really, like, lose it. <laughs> so I'd be like, no, I'm busy, I'm fine, I don't need any help. I did that a lot unless it was a really safe person. I really was not open to ex- accepting help from anyone I think to because I was, yeah, scared of being judged or just worried about what people think, I suppose. So I had a very tight, small circle of support, (laughs) which in hindsight, I probably should have broadened that a bit. But um, you live and you learn, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was exactly the same. You don't don't want to seem weak to, you know, your peers and and people that you value their opinion of you and and you don't want to feel judged. Um, And I think as as a stay-at-home mum also, I didn't think it would be this hard and I've always looked at stay-at-home mums and I guess I've thrown judgment before I had kids so it's like well they're going to judge me now because if I can't do this well it's meant to it's meant to be easy you're meant to love it and I I think my biggest lesson in motherhood was I wasn't born to be a mum yeah yeah know that until I had kids I thought that motherhood was the avenue I was like I'm gonna kill it this gig like yoga mums and bubs classes and do all (laughs) Now I'm like, mate, I'm not leaving the house this week. No one's going anywhere. <laughs> yes. I tried that. I did that with the first one. Then second one, I'm like, uh, everyone's like, she had swimming lessons. I'm like, no, nah, Max was in swimming lessons at like six weeks old. <laughs> Four second child. But that's it. You have this, again, it's a comparison. It's like, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I remember when I had Max, if I wasn't able to get through the washing that day, I would literally cry. Husband would come home about, I'm sorry, I didn't fold the washing. And he's like, like, it's fine. I I was seeing a psychologist after I had Max because things were coming up, Um, you know, but it's all that um, perfectionist and not wanting to, um, you know, be like repeat other cycles in your family. So all that stuff was starting to kind of become apparent to me. But I think I made myself busy I wasn't doing the feeling and the like reflecting like I have been this time around um but you know it always comes out it'll always come out some other way so that's why I was blessed with Elle to really (laughs) that's what I keep telling myself Elle chose us because we chose me in particular because yeah I've got I had some stuff I needed to uncover I suppose and if if I got another max it wouldn't have come out so yeah, no, that's really awesome. And I know that you are someone that does like to educate themselves on, you know, parenting and different ways and methods to better yourself as a mum. What are some resources that you've been recently leaning into, I suppose? Um, well, I I suppose if I go back to just before Elle turned one, I was just experiencing, you know, we talked about anger, resentment and all that. And I think I was just still trying to find my way. I had no time to myself. She hadn't started daycare or anything like that. She was only nine months and I was really feeling like I was, again, on the hamster wheel, suffocating a bit, needed more support. And I saw that Nikki from the Dear Mama Project was releasing her Alignment 2020 course. Um, And I'm like, i got to jump on that. And I'm like, Nikki, when is this course starting? Like, this is something I feel like I need it. I need it. Because I wasn't quite ready at that point to reach out to a psychologist. I don't know. I just, I think I was, I was in this cycle of 
I'm just pissed off and angry now. Like, you know, there's a break coming. There's a break coming. Like my, my deadline was kind of February 2020 because that's when she was starting daycare. So I was like, just hang in there, hang in there for February. You could do this. And I think doing Nikki's course um, and really shifting focus on, you know, tr starting to break down my values, my thoughts, beliefs. And then I could kind of, I started to like identify patterns and I was journaling and everything. So, you know, I started to be able to identify where the feelings of the anger and resentment were coming from. So rather than just these cycles of going and going, something would tick me off a trigger and it would set, set the same wheels in motion every time. And I'm like, what is this? Like, why does this keep happening? Why do I keep having these feelings? So doing that course was a really great way of just starting that process of, you know, whatever you want to call it, self-development, inner work, inner healing. Um, I did that course over a couple of months and then 2020 obviously started. We had the bushfires and I feel like that really opened up another level of my, whatever you want to call it, conscious mind, whatever, like really going, okay, from a worldly aspect, like not so much it being about me, but, you know, the world and everything that was going on and thinking about the world that my kids are growing up in, Black Lives Matter, you know, COVID, it was just like this big, all these big shifts of like more emotion, more feelings, all this stuff coming out, more journaling, feeling, connecting. And then it was June, um, I started with a psychologist because, again, I had the anger, resentment stuff and I'm like, I really need to break this down. I really don't want to feel this way anymore. And I had an inkling of where these feelings were coming from. And, um, yeah, she just gave me a lot of tools and was able to really quickly open up and identify where all my shit was you know um and able to then identify okay these are the cycles the patterns the beliefs you know from your childhood from your parents all these kind of things and they kept they were repeating themselves in my own life and in the way I was um you know looking after my family the relationships I had it was all these cycles and patterns and so it's been like a how long is it now it's been eight months basically of breaking all that down um throughout that time as well I've had I've done lots of other like spiritual kind of therapy, I suppose, with a spiritual counsellor, Reiki, aura readings, all these kind of things where all these um, dots have been connecting for me and I've had um, old memories come up, which I haven't had access to since, you know, before 10 years old, like a couple of big things that have really kind of helped me to connect all the dots so I've gone from going, where are these feelings coming from? Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling that? To just laying it all bare. A lot of tears have been shed. You know, I don't know if you've seen that meme and it's like what you think your healing journey is going to be like. And it's, you know, you're sitting there and you're meditating and you're touching crystals and then like what it's really like and it's someone just punching a pillow and crying <laughs> and, you know, you know, just all of this thing. And that's pretty much been me the last eight months going from like, you know, elation so much joy and happiness to like bawling and being angry and whereas before I, I felt like I was always trying to stay on this even keel not don't show too much joy and happiness and then you know don't feel the feels like prior to a few years ago I was not a hugger you know emotionally I'm, I'm definitely better about talking about my feelings but now like nothing is held back it is all laid out on the table um because I feel like you know, when it comes to relationships, especially, I've now learned that if that person matters to me, I want them to, you know, I'd rather them know what I'm thinking or 
whatever it is, I want to have that conversation with them so our relationship can be better for it, you know, rather than holding on to things and holding resentment or anger towards that person when they don't even know if they're not aware, you know, they can't make improvements, our relationship isn't going to improve. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting, mate. It's been a lot. <laughs> and it's quite funny, a lot of people on Instagram, I need to, I wanted to touch on it a little bit actually in the coming weeks and months, a lot of people almost, I feel like I'm getting a lot of like sympathy, almost like oh, I feel sorry for you. And I'm like, don't feel sorry for me. I feel like so many more people are talking about, you know, their healing, their inner work, whatever it is, self-discovery. Um, and I just take my hat off now to anyone that is doing the work because I now realize how hard it is. Whereas I think people from the outside sometimes look and they're like, oh, she's a bit broken and oh, something traumatic must have happened to her and they feel sorry for them. But I think it's more, yeah, tap that person on the back. If you've got a friend going through something, like reach out to that person and say, I'm here. I know I don't understand. Don't be afraid of, of it when you see friends, family going through these kind of shifts because, yeah, it's really hard and um, only good goodness can come from it if you're waiting for them on the other side. Yeah, I've personally seen psychologists and counsellors since I was quite young. Um, my parents separated, went to a Catholic school um, here in Newcastle and at that time we were the only divorced family in the school until six months later and there was one other kid and it was yeah. a huge deal. So um, when they separated there was several school counsellors I saw and things like that and I, I've always seen someone but I've always felt a lot of shame surrounding that because of I guess that experience when I was younger and no one else was doing it and I was the only kid pulled out of class to go and sit in this room and do the tree of life and just talk about all these crazy things that I didn't understand like all I needed to be told was mum and dad love you and that's all that matters and everything's going to yeah. be okay um, yeah. back then it was a little bit different and one thing that now as an adult and you know, I've been seeing different people over the last decade, um, but I connected with a kinesiologist here in Newcastle and that has been better than any counselling or psychology appointment I've ever been to in my life. What that woman picked apart from me and my body, I was like, oh, wow, mate, this is this is huge. I didn't even know this. And she, like you said, had parts of my childhood. She's brought these memories back and unblocked these things that I've suppressed for so long and they're uncovering parts of me that, are going to better me as a mum and as, as a wife and as a friend and, and in my relationships and my connection with people. So like, it's something that I encourage as well. There's just needs to be no shame surrounding mental health, flex the mental health muscle like you do when you want to train at the gym or go for a run. Like you've got to take care of the inside to be happier on the outside. Otherwise everything just falls down and falls apart and it's going to come up in, in your mothering journey as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, um, anytime I've got someone that kind of reaches out or a friend, you know, that starts to talk about or starts to identify things that they're doing, I'm like, this is great. I'm like, this is the first step is having that awareness and being, being able to be brave enough to go, you know, pulling yourself up on it and not so much, you know, attacking yourself for it, but just noticing it and going, wow, okay. I, I reacted in this way and I'm really sorry and I'm trying to figure out why, you know, I think that's really brave because awareness and just being conscious of your thoughts, your actions, how you're responding to your children, your partner, whoever, like it's, you're doing the work. It's not being selfish doing the work. You're doing it to be, yeah, like you said, better, better wife, better mum, better friend, better sister, whatever it's, um, yeah, it's definitely very beneficial. It, it's exhausting. It can be very exhausting. And I've found over the eight months, yeah, there's been times where I'm like, I just want to pack all this shit 
back in a box, lock it up and burn it. I don't even want to know that I've uncovered this and you kind of get to this point where you're like, I can't turn away now, but it's almost like I suppose I want people to know that it, there's no, you know, so many people DM in, they're like, how did you start? And I'm like, there's, it unravels for you as it's meant to. I think people will, um, you know, present to you in your life, whether it's a psychologist or a spiritual person to help guide you. It might be an account that you see that will open your mind up to the next step. It will just be there. I think the main thing is like, you know, don't open, you know, go out of your way to like look for these signs, but definitely just go by how you feel, I suppose, and just keep um, being aware of yeah your thoughts and everything and it will kind of just lead you in the right direction I um I finished up with my psychologist in December and I'm like okay I feel like I'm in a really good place and the next step was forgiveness I've got a person in my life that I wanted to forgive and I'm like all right well she said you know I'll see you in the new year do these meditations da, da, da. so I'm doing the forgiveness meditations and I'm there and I'm like okay and then I you know come out of the meditation I'm like mm, now nah, I still haven't forgiven this person <laughs> so it was like at this point where I'm like you know how how am I going to know when I how am I going to know when I cross this like how do I do it and I reached out to a spiritual counselor through a friend of a friend she kind of talked about it. I'm like I'm going to do a session with her before New Year's I just thought it might be a nice way to end my year and I walked into this lady and I look up at her wall and she specialized in radical forgiveness. And I'm like, I looked at her, I was like, I know I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. So, um, and you know, it's been a really wild experience with her a few sessions later. I'll go into what we had to do really briefly, but yeah. I had to go away. I had to write an uncensored letter to this person. Um, yeah. And then I had to go back into the session I had to read it out loud and you had to kind of, you know, visualize this person being there, forgiving them. You had to listen to different songs and it was really, it was, uh, there was a lot of crying and almost to the point where, you know, when you, they talk about like unblocking negative energy and your body purges and that kind of thing within five days during the session, I had a blood nose. My nose was bleeding. Two days later, I got gastro. Stop and two it. days after that, I got my period 10 days early, which I never, never happens. And I'm texting her going, dude, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> but after this session, I actually walked out of it. If I rewind six days before all the purging, I walked out of that session so light. And I'm like, wow. Fuck. It was like, it went for three hours. It was a three hour long session. I cried all the tears I think I could cry. And I walked out and I actually felt like something something had changed you know something had shifted in me and I've felt really good since the session it's been three weeks now um but I just yeah I've really been putting so much um faith into call it the universe the spiritual realm the angels I don't know I'm not religious I did go to a Christian school but I feel like the more I've been leaning into that world yep. I'm getting so much back in return even you know if, I, if we talk about manifesting and things like that I've even just this last week you know some really big things have happened for our family and I'm just like I'm just like blown away by yeah how how if you put the trust out there and I think for so long I'd locked down that part of me I was just you know in angry mode just on that that vicious negative cycle of just yeah not being happy and um, not having any belief in myself playing that kind of victim I suppose in a way so yeah since I've done the work it's just yeah 
it's I can't even explain it in words. <laughs> it's been it's been amazing. Yeah, I feel the same um, with the kinesiology work that I've done in the last couple of months. Like one of the profound moments. I'm not sure if you have you done kinesiology before. No, I haven't. Uh, so just a brief. She. But they like they do this weird like massage thing. It's not creepy when you're there, but like they sort of touch parts of your body to see how it responds. And one of the images that she wanted me to have was my father with his back to me in the kitchen, and she has my arm up and she holds it really lightly. And she's and I she was physically with all of my power holding it up as much as I could, and it would just drop. And every time I think of it, it would drop. And she's like, "Your body is just so disconnected from that relationship and that time in your life." Like, and it was just profound. I'm like wow, I didn't realise how much and how deep that goes. And I think that these type of healing practices and these woo-woo ways that people, I suppose, have having, you know, created this shame surrounding these other alternative methods of healing, you know, I think these methods need to be talked about more because, man, it's done some profound work for me and more work than what I've done in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. I think it's... I've had similar experiences in um, Reiki sessions where I went, I had two or three sessions straight up and I, I she kept saying there's, there's blocked energy here and it's a male in your life. And this is before I had these memories that came up, but it's almost like she was pointing to that energy being blocked and her just talking about it has almost allowed my subconscious to let these memories out you know it's like I've been able to connect like I'm thinking what is this what is this like what does this mean and my mind couldn't remember it but it was still it was in my body it was holding on to it so I think it's just yeah you get something out of everything I just feel you know not everyone's in a financial position to spend money on sessions I know it costs a lot of money in being mums especially if they're not working they're probably thinking oh you know I'd love to do that but I can't but I think you know, even if you can start with a psychologist, you can get your mental health care plans where it's rebated. It's, it, it's kind of you can still get not similar results, but I think that's just a starting point, you know, talking talking about your feelings to, to someone that is not going to judge you and, you know, can perhaps help guide you into, um, you know, viewing and thinking about things a little bit differently um, in a safe place um, that's only going to, yeah, better you as as a mum like we keep saying absolutely and there's also if you go to your gp you can get mental health things that i know that just straight away yeah that um right path to yeah. get on get on some cheaper options for mental health um just digressing to my last question for you courtney well you've gone from surviving barely to absolutely thriving from what it seems anyway online i don't see you in your day-to-day but you seem like you're doing really really well um all areas what are some fast quick tips that you can share to encourage other mums to integrate into their day-to-day that have really supported you uh, I think if I go through my entire day for starting your day with movement um, is you know has been key I think that was the first thing I attacked as well it was I need to you know get the good food in stay hydrated they were the two things before I even started the the mental stuff but just something you can do straight away is definitely move your body obviously, um, you know, eating. I think so many mums do not prioritise food. They prioritise food for everybody else in the family. Um, I've actually got something exciting coming out very soon in the food department that will hopefully help lots of mums get a little bit organised. So, yeah, food, water, um, rest. If you can squeeze in, you know, meditation, I think mindfulness is so important, especially on the days where you're like, 
this is just a shit day, you know, like trying to shift your negative mindset to a positive one just by picking up your journal and writing down three things that you're grateful for that day. If you can squeeze in, you know, a little 10 minute meditation, any time of day, there's no rules around when you should journal, when you should meditate. And then the final one is probably sleep. You know, it's so tempting for, you know, you to sit on the couch or scroll through your phone for hours and hours at night when your kids go to sleep. But sleep for me has always been a priority. I think having to get up early and train and coach, I know how important it is, especially when you're operating on none. So if it means you've got to go to seven, go to bed at 7.30, set yourself a reminder, get lots of sleep, sleep, food, water, mindfulness, just, you know, again, it's like the holistic approach. You don't have to do 20 things a day, just, you know, pick five things that you can focus on um, and that will, you know, at least get you started. Yeah. a little bit more self-care. <laughs> 100% agree with that. I think looking at the foundations for your day-to-day, those simple things will later later on help you in your mental health, especially when you're, you're a new mom in the postpartum season or even just a mum of a toddler. Like you just need to put those key things into place and then everything else will just get a nice natural flow, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Oh, man, food. Food for me, I think it's like probably food is number one. If I don't eat you know, every three to four hours, I'm an awful person. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know how people go all day. And I'm like, what? Like my husband would be like, I've only had a coffee since breakfast. And I'm like, mate, I would be like ripping everyone's head off in the office. Everyone would just be like, feed her quick. <laughs> so, you know, that's something I've just identified for myself. I know what works, what makes me feel good, what gives me that, you know, extra bit of clarity and patience that I need to deal with the family stuff, the work stuff and yeah, just anything you can do to let get your day running smoother and to have a more happy, positive mindset is going to set you up for a good day. That's awesome. And I know you're the meal prep queen, so I'm excited to whatever's coming soon. I'm so, so excited to see what it is. I'm sure yeah. that's on board. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I am very, yeah, yeah. I um, It's almost finished. We're very, very close. I haven't actually told anyone that is that what it really is, but I think they would know. But yeah, it's to do with meal prepping. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I can't wait. I just need a guide. I need something to follow and I'll do it, but don't make me invent it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I've got that covered. covered. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and giving me your time and energy today. It's been lovely chatting, connecting with you in person, well, on Zoom, but in person. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. Always nice to have a chat and talk about all things. Yeah, motherhood. I think the more we can all talk about it and be honest about it, the better for for everybody. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.